Hello. Hello. And welcome to Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And this is our ninth episode. Damn. Dang, we getting up there. <laughs> I can't even keep track anymore. I'm trying to keep track of my phone, but this is getting crazy. I just had to think when I said nine. <laughs> Dude, imagine how cool it'll be when we say, like, this is our hundredth episode. I'm not even going to be able to count at that point. <laughs> I'm going to have to write it down. I'm going to be reading it off of something. <laughs> Same. Well, Sydney picked quite an interesting case for us today, and I will let you take it away, Sid. All right, all right. So, we're in Las Vegas, Nevada, my favorite place in the entire United States of America. I haven't been everywhere in the United States. But I would thoroughly agree with that statement. (laughs) Yes. So when you think of Las Vegas, what's something that comes to mind, Peyton? Well, do you want me to give you the obvious answer, (laughs) Sydney? Because the obvious answer for what we're about to talk about. No! (laughs) Just in general. So just in general, like what are, what's like Three things that come to mind when you think of Las Vegas, Nevada. For the, the general hangover. public. The Hangover. Great movie. <laughs> um, all the artists that perform in Vegas that we see every time we go. Britney Spears. Okay. Well, I have never seen Britney. But we've seen Maybe. a lot of cool people. And... The Impersonators. Okay, okay. So, when I think of Vegas, one of the main mascots or icons that I would think of that comes to mind is the Elvis Presley. So, I'm picturing a couple getting married by Elvis. Okay, I can see it. And Elvis on the corner of Fremont Street. Some heartbreak hotel playing in the background while I'm walking through the Golden Nugget. You feel? You feel? Hey, just a fun fact. The first time I was in Vegas and you were there when we went with our moms. Okay. And when we were on Fremont Street, I saw an Elvis impersonator making out with a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. (laughs) I remember (laughs) this. (laughs) Vibes. All the vibes coming together as one. So that's what I what kind of comes to mind for me. But please note that they do actually have a Johnny Cash slash Elvis Presley inspired mascot whose name is Cash as the actual mascot of the Las Vegas Lights, um, which is a professional soccer team. Wait, really? Yep. That's so cool. <laughs> Which was actually so cool that two days ago when I did my research, I actually bought a t-shirt for them because it was they have a badass logo. It's like oh a fucking God. neon a neon light logo. I'm gonna have to look now. It's pretty cool. 
So when I got super sidetracked a couple days ago, I did my research for this case, and that was what I found, a fucking Las Vegas Lights t-shirt for their soccer team. It's cool story in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Also true. But besides that, so our man of the hour is Dana McKay. He not only looks like Elvis, but he sings like Elvis as well. He was considered to be one of the best Elvis impersonators, which Peyton had mentioned impersonators back in a minute. And he was actually the first Elvis tribute artist to be hired by the Legends in Concert show on the Las Vegas Strip. Also, before we go any further, I need everyone to look If you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you need to look because we're going to be posting pictures. So when this episode comes out, you can see what he looks like. Homeboy legitimately looks like Elvis. Literally. Freaky like Elvis. Yes. (laughs) So he looks like Elvis. He sings like Elvis. He might as well be Elvis. Or the next best thing. Um... He's bringing his talents to the Las Vegas Strip, but he's also bringing his talents to other countries. And just like Elvis, Dana couldn't play the part without fully following in the footsteps. Um, So he also has all these girlfriends, just like Elvis did. All the girlfriends. (laughs) And one of those former girlfriends is Miss Nevada, Mary Huffman. Being who he had lived with at their home, which they also had referred to as the mini Graceland. How appropriate. (laughs) Naturally. It only made sense, honestly. Literally. So, on Saturday, October 2nd of 1993, a friend of Dana and Mary had contacted the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department for a welfare check on the two. When the police arrive at the home, they find the two dead on the floor from a gunshot wound. One Las Vegas Sun article had actually stated that when police arrived at the house, they found the couple dead on the floor, shot after coming home with groceries, laundry detergent, T-bone steaks, bananas, and a box of junior mints. The steaks had gone bad as they'd been dead for a day or two. The police records show Dana being shot seven times and Mary being shot once to the back of her head. The police were able to conclude that Dana and Mary had returned from the grocery store where they had walked in on a burglary and then killed, were killed by the suspects. Except there was something super fishy about this conclusion. These are two well-off individuals. There's money in the home. There's jewelry in the home. Everything was left in the home, basically untouched. The only item that had been reported as missing was a manila a manila folder, a manila envelope. Which, like, to me screams, hey, probably not a robbery. No, absolutely not. If it's a robbery, we're going to take all your things. I'm going to take your money in your pocket. I'm going to take your wallet in your pocket. I'm going to take your purse. 
Yeah, and I even read uh, in one of the articles I found that he had cash on him in his wallet when they found his body. Mm-hmm. Weird. So that would be like the first thing that normal people would take, I would think, right? Agreed. So you're probably thinking, okay, a manila envelope. What is in a manila envelope? I think of like manila envelopes when they like make you bring things home to your parents after like a bad day at school. Can't relate, but I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like they always bring those envelopes out when there's like something not so good. Like they're only school related. Like here's this manila envelope, put your stuff (laughs) in it and bring it the fuck home. Okay, fair. So, what could possibly be so great in a manila envelope is honestly same. But, specifically in this manila folder that Dana kept was several different documents retaining his personal finances, his music ventures, and current and, and, current and prospective business deals. Specifically, these business deals pertaining to a recently formed formed landscaping company that they had called Paradise Palms Company. Dana had a contact in California. California. What the fuck? Dana (laughs) had a contact in California. Can you talk today? (laughs) No, I can't. I worked from home, so I've just been chilling all day. (laughs) Dana had a contact in California who grew and raised palm trees and then sold them to Dana at a discount, basically. Dana and his partners were hoping to use these discounts to seal a contract, basically lining the median of the Las Vegas Strip, which I think would be super badass if you've been to Las Vegas looking at the medians and the Las Vegas Strip as a whole, to see all those palm trees, to know that it goes back to Dana would be extremely cool. Agreed. I think that's kind of what kind of caught me in this episode was like, or in this story as a whole. If Dana was the man, the myth, the legend that put all those palm trees up, that would be insane. Yeah, and I saw somewhere in an article from like 2008 or 2009 that was like a the cold case detective who was like reinvestigating the case it ended the article with like the palm trees are there but they're not Dana's and Dana's not around and I was like damn that's cold but like also can you imagine like I feel like the city of Las Vegas and, like, Clark County would definitely have given that contract (laughs) to, like, the most famous Elvis impersonator. Oh, for sure. Like, they definitely would have the opportunity. So, the plan never had the opportunity to be put into action, as the company was unfortunately dissolved a few months later, after there was a dispute between Dana and his partner, Tim Stone Street. So basically, they were fighting over $100,000 in landscaping equipment for this company that they had created. Dana had told a close friend and other partner 
Danny Coker. Yes, this is the Danny Coker from the History Channel for any of my people that watch the History Channel. Um, I'm a huge Pawn Stars fan, and this is the man from that. Also, he's on Counting Cars. Okay, wait. I don't (laughs) watch that. I mean, I remember, like, the big Pawn Stars craze and when it all first came out. Like, obviously, I watched it here and there. But, like, I was reading and doing research for this case. And I was like, who is this person? Like, just some random guy. Like, I just thought it was one of his friends. And I found a different article, and it said Pawn Stars. And so then I had to look him up. Yup, so he would be that like, That was one um, of my fun facts. He's not one of the guys that's, like, always on Pawn Stars. Like, he's not Chumley. Um, yeah, he would I think come he's, in. like, a writer for Counting Cars or something like that, too. Yep, so he would come in for, like, car-specific things or, like, more huh. related things. They'd call him in. He was, like, a expert when it came to those things. And they'd be like, oh, we have to call our friend. Hold on. And then this guy would show up, like, four hours later. Well, <laughs> and I looked him up because I was obviously like, who the hell is this guy? And he grew up going back and forth between Cleveland and Detroit, and his dad got pretty far up for Ford, and his dad gifted him his first car when he was, like, eight. And I was like, oh, no wonder he's a car expert. Naturally, he's on counting cars. Literally. So, Danny Coker, the History Channel man, um, he had told him that he had information that would basically help win that case for him. But before that information was ever released was when Dana was dead and that manila envelope was basically gone. To this day, the case of Dana McKay and Mary Huffman is still a Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department cold case. There have been both reports and interviews from Dana McKay's daughter, Misty Vargas, and close friend, Danny Coker, the man, the myth, the legend of Pawn Stars. (laughs) that they know who's responsible for these murders of Dana. Um, His daughter had said in a 2017 interview, because I know exactly who did it, and I know the cops know exactly who did it, but he's allowed to get away with it because of his connections. My dad was telling people before he had even died, if something happens to me, that this is the person who is responsible for those actions. But... According to the actual cold case investigators, they're sure they need more from the public to solve this crime. What does that even mean, though? Okay, I also saw a really interesting fact. So, two weeks after McKay or Dana and his girlfriend were killed... His partner or former partner was awarded all the dissolved company assets in court because obviously he was dead. Mm -hmm. And then Danny Coker was like immediately suspected Stone Street's involvement. Sydney, he was so outspoken about this that he brought America's Most Wanted (laughs) to Stone Street's home after the killing. And when Stone Street answered the door, like, video recording and everything, he just kept saying no comment. And throughout the years, any public entity or any news outlet 
that reaches out to him besides the police department. We obviously don't know what he said to the police, but he just says no comment or speak to my lawyer. And his lawyer has been threatening people with like defamation uh, charges and suits because of like dragging his name into it, which Which is interesting. Extremely sketchy, especially as someone that's, pretty well off yeah you wanna, I mean obviously I feel like the rich people always relate back to their attorneys yes and in another article I found as of 2020 when it looks like dailymail.com reached out to Dana's daughter Misty for like comments about the investigation and stuff like that and she like refuses to do interviews and like basically told them she will no longer speak about the case. So the whole thing with Misty really threw me off too, because I feel like there's some articles where she's like, I know who did this. Why aren't we going after this person? Not giving names, which understandable. Okay. You, this is an open investigation. And then there's other articles where she's like, no comment. That was my dad. I had to watch my grandma go through this, X, Y, Z. But, like, there's no actual explanation as to what had happened. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting because, like, Cold Case and a Homicide Detective were working it from, like, 2008 or 2011. I saw conflicting articles. But the reason they started working it is because, I guess, Misty had seen the case being listed as, like, a robbery and murder on Mm -hmm. Las Vegas Police Department website. And she called up there flipping out and was trying to get someone to work the case because she's like, this was not a robbery. Nothing was taken. And so she was super involved in this homicide detective started working the case. And now, you know, I guess it's been... over 10 years now since that happened oh for sure so now at this point she doesn't want to talk about it anymore no which makes me feel very intrigued because she says this person has a lot of connections there's beliefs that she also still has connections to the person she knows killed her dad Mm mm-hmm Because she has never publicly named who she thinks it is. Which, being an open investigation, I understand not naming that person. But then, if it's one of her father's friends or someone in that scenario, I guess, why would you not be leading the police to that direct person? Why are you telling the media about that direct person? I agree. I just feel like there's a lot of, like, unanswered questions with that. Um, I get that. It's obviously, I mean, I've never lost a parent as of yet. It's a difficult thing to comprehend, but. Especially in such a brutal, like, senseless way. Sure. And, like, she was a child. One of the things that she had described was her grandma, who was Dana's mother, yelling horrifically losing her child and finding out that she had lost her child 
So that was one of the things that had always stuck with her. And in the handful of interviews that we do have with her, one of the things that she does mention. But if you're going to come all out and be like, hey, I know who committed this. I'm convinced I know who committed this. Like Danny knows who committed this X, Y, and Z. Why is there not some more explanation with this? And also a lot of these articles are from like 2017, 2018. So as of 2021, this is still a cold case. This is still on the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department as a cold case. So why are we not hearing more? Yeah. And another thing I found super interesting is that apparently when Daily Mail also reached out to Missy for comments, so that was 2020, so just last year, Mm. they reached out to a spokesperson for the Las Vegas Police Department who refused to answer any questions on the case and won't comment about if there's an ongoing investigation or how it's going. And because of that, they also reached out to the cold case department who refused to make comments either, which tells me either two things are happening. One, there's a full-fledged investigation, mm-hmm. or it, no one's working it. And from Miss, just from Missy's behavior, this is like my deduction, is that no one's working this case anymore, and that potentially the cold case investigator who was working it, or homicide detective who was working it, you know, more than 10 years ago, was probably really convinced that he knew who did it. He couldn't get concrete proof. And my whole guess here is if he or she or they, whoever committed this murder, truly has these connections, then potentially the police made this go away. And Missy just, won't comment because she's tired of going back and forth you know what I mean if they aren't gonna do what's needed on their end then maybe potentially she's just tired of trying to speak out about it on her end and it could be potentially if they this person does have connections it's not that they're trying to make it go away they just don't have concrete proof you know which happens more times than not I mean when you're a victim or someone close to a victim, a family member, you might look at these things differently and be like, oh, they're not working this case. Like, they're not looking for these things. But in reality, it might be we have ideas of who this individual is, but we don't actually have concrete evidence to get them arrested for this crime other than them being a shitty person. Like, right. Another interesting fact, I randomly stumbled across in only one article, and none of, no other articles made mention of this, as apparently at the time of the murder, Stone Street was out of town, and the police eliminated him as, like, the direct murderer at the time. I won't say whether he's involved or not, because obviously no one knows, but they know he didn't pull the trigger. Um he was eliminated pretty quickly. Which makes sense, but to have a shady business partner where obviously you guys had a dispute, you have an issue, and then for an individual to come up dead, it almost would make sense for a business partner or someone close to that business partner to be involved. And I feel like that's the only, like, stone-cold lead that they really have 
yeah, it's very, it was very convenient for Stone Street. Exactly. <laughs> I know, like, another thing was, like, there are tons of crazy theories, and there was, like, one that McKay was, like, involved in this huge, like, drug activity, mm-hmm. but they said at the time of his death there were no illicit substances found in his system, and none in the home, and close friends even said he barely even drank. So, that doesn't sound credible to me. No. And it's Vegas. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All I got is that it's Vegas. So, we have two people come up dead. Some sort of conspiracy beforehand. And, what, 30 years later... There's still no actual explanation as to how they've come up. And, like, this isn't just, like, oh, some random Elvis impersonator. It was the Elvis impersonator. I know you mentioned this. He was the first one to play Elvis in Legends in Concert. He also played Elvis in, like, the most widely, like, well-rated documentary, This is Elvis. And... In fact, I saw. I thought this was kind of funny. He didn't like being called an impersonator. He preferred tribute artists because he didn't lip sync and he had a full band. So he, like, was Elvis. Yeah, basically. He considered, I mean, he was the Elvis of the, that era, ultimately. Yeah, so he was, like, very well connected and very well known. So I think it was, it's really interesting that it's still unsolved. And there's like a lot of shady things that kind of added up before and after that. I mean, I won't make any, I won't point any fingers. I will let everyone else deduce. You can make your own decisions, people. Correct. But, if they're good decisions, you know. (laughs) And then, I just, super side note, I also went to the Las Vegas Police Department page and saw their open homicides listed from 1990 to 1999. They have 7,000. Do you know a fun fact? What? I did not see Tupac Shakur listed there, ma'am. I was just scrolling through that page and I was like, dude, you guys have a lot of homicides. Like, y'all need to get to work. I would... Why is it not listed on the open homicides page? That is interesting, though. I was going... Was it not by year Or by date? He was... I don't know. My only guess is if it's with the county sheriff, maybe it's on their open page. Or open homicides page, but he was killed in Las Vegas. Yes, so he definitely was killed in Las Vegas, but I guess I don't know the jurisdiction of it. So was he in the metropolitan area? Is it a county case? But I feel like it was metro because it was right over by the flamingo over there. Correct. Mm-hmm. Do you know why he was in Vegas? No, tell me more. To see a Mike Tyson fight. Him and Mike Tyson were pals. Jesus. (laughs) 
I won't cover that case, but I was wholly invest. I'm wholly invested into that whole theory too, and I could go on a long rant about that. But I saw that and I was like, ah, oh, conspiracy. That is a conspiracy though, because honestly, if it's not listed on an unsolved page, especially for a police department, is it unsolved? Question, 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 question. Somebody knows something if you're not throwing it out there. Agreed. And also, they still do have Dana McKay and Mary Huffman listed on there. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting, too. Mm-hmm. I did see that I on guess there. it is classified as an open homicide. It's been 30 years. Dang. Almost 30 years. <laughs> see year I was born. Wow. <laughs> You're getting old. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Anya. <laughs> Shouts out to my 12-year-old sister. <laughs> if she listens, last time I saw her, she told me she hasn't listened to the last, like, three episodes because she's busy. <laughs> but uh, she, her birthday just passed, and when Sydney and I told her she was getting old, she reminded us that we're ancient, so... There's that. So I guess this case is an ancient cold case. Ancient. I also saw that they're known in Vegas. This case is known as the Elvis murders. I did see that too. Like this, I guess I cannot stress that enough. Like this is the Elvis. Like for not necessarily just the Vegas area, but like he was a well-known Elvis impersonator and Elvis copycat. I don't know the right terms. Tribute artist. Tribute artist. That sounds so fucking lame. Anyway, this was the guy. The first guy. The best guy. The copycat guy. He looks just like Elvis. He sounds just like Elvis. He's doing all the Elvis things. I will say it again. Please go find our social media pages and look at the pictures because he is, he's Elvis. Like, he looks like Elvis. <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's, I don't know, I, I've been to Vegas, you've been to Vegas, I've seen Elvis impersonators. We've all seen impersonators who don't necessarily look like the person that they're no. impersonating. You know, these Elvis impersonators put on, like, a wig and some sideburns and a tight jumpsuit and some sunglasses. No, like, this guy in his everyday life genuinely looked like Elvis. So much so that they cast him in Hollywood in a documentary to play Elvis. Yep. And there there was a picture I had found or that was in some articles on Google. And it's just, like, him and his baby girl just sitting at, like, a kitchen table. And it's, like, Elvis... And his daughter. And I'm like, this is not even the real Elvis. Like, but he looks just like Elvis. Literally. And I mean, this was like nationwide news when it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. Yeah, Unsolved Cases really uh, grind my gears. Because in this instance, like, there are a lot of theories, obviously, and what, what happened and what... Who was involved, we'll say... But one of the theories I saw was, like, if they wanted something from 
Dana that potentially, you know, if it was someone he knew or him and Mary knew, which which would be the reason why that Mary was also killed. But as you mentioned, she had one shot to the head. He mm-hmm. had multiple shots. So he, which tells me, like, from my years of watching Criminal Minds and, <laughs> and Law and Order and everything, that, like, he was the point of aggression. And they were literally in their entranceway of the house. Like, as soon as you open the door, their bodies were there, which also made it seem like someone was lying in wait for them. And as soon as they closed the door into the house and, like, entered the house, they were killed. For sure. So, someone was definitely waiting for them. Dana was definitely the person that they wanted dead based on the amount of shots he got compared to Mary. Like, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of who actually done it. Right. And he didn't have, I mean, other than the civil lawsuit that was going on because of Mm -hmm. this failed company, he didn't have a lot of bad blood with anyone. Like I said, he was really well connected. He was really well liked. Mm -hmm. He played a character a lot of times. So you got to think he knew how to like, be a charmer and talk to people so it's not like he was really on anyone's bad side like no one really had anything bad to say about him sure so it's just really interesting to think that this man who really only had like one bad thing going on in his life and this is what happened so that's that's where I'll end it what I have to say Winds up next, winds up dead next to a T-bone steak. And Junior Mints. Junior Mints. What about the bananas? Yeah, like such a strange... (laughs) I guess I've gone to the grocery store for like three things, so... I think that was another thing that I was quite concerned about. What is your... Is that what you guys go to the grocery store for? (laughs) Or do you make a list every week? I mean, sometimes if I forget something and I just will stop by or something like that. Or if I need one thing, I'll send the boyfriend out to go get the one thing I need. And he comes back with like four or five, but... (laughs) And a box of junior mints. You know... Yes. (laughs) Well, any other final thoughts? I know we ranted a lot about our theories and how weird this all is. No, this was kind of more of a theory rant case. Because there's not a whole lot of anything going on. I got a story for you and I got a little bit of background. But there's not a whole lot of what actually happened, especially being like an unsolved case. Yeah, and, like, the investigation really didn't lead anywhere, from at least what we can tell. We have nothing. No one's even been arrested. I don't think anyone's ever even been named a a suspect or a person of interest. Nope. I did not see anything that had anyone as a person of interest. There's nothing recent besides my man Danny Coker and... (laughs) His daughter, Misty, like, talking about it. But, like, besides that, like, there's no recent anything. Yeah. Do, uh, do your research, people. 
at least on our social media pages to uh, see what these people look like. I'm definitely. sure we'll also include a picture of Danny Coker on there. We definitely are. <laughs> I think that was the, the one of the main things that really brought me to this case. Um, Danny Coker and the palm trees on the median of the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> yeah, and that was like his whole, like he was trying to get that contract to put them all in. So and I thought it was really interesting. He already was kind of running that business before Stone Street got involved. Mm-hmm. He was, like, selling um, to, like, wealthy people and putting them either in or around their homes and around their casinos. He just didn't have the capacity and the financing to take on that big city contract without someone else investing in him. And that's kind of where he par- paired up with Stone Street in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> he had so many palm trees on his property, they said it was, like, an absurd amount. <laughs> so Which is interesting. I don't know. I guess just, like, as, like, obviously you've been to Vegas and, like, going to Vegas and seeing all of those palm trees everywhere, all on the median, all all around the casinos. Like, it's just interesting, I guess, to see where that idea came from. And, like, who was the man behind that whole story? Yeah, I agree. Well, I got nothing else. You want to end us on a good note before we tell the people where to find us on social media? I have a joke and a fact. What do we want first? Um, let's go fact first. All right. So our fact of the day. So during the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, patients were instructed to drink tequila with salt and lime to ease their symptoms. Interesting. Not really sure why. I guess that'll... That's really interesting. If anyone suffers from the flu, please do this and tell me if it helps or it makes you throw up. Get you a shot of tequila? (laughs) Let me know how you feel afterwards. (laughs) If you feel like shit, don't call me. Personally, I might end up throwing up, but... (laughs) I would definitely project on vomit everywhere, but... (laughs) We are not doctors, people. (laughs) No. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, hit me with a joke now. I'm ready. Alright, alright, alright. So... If you eat 25 tacos and pass out, where are you going to wake up in? Where? Tacoma. <laughs> Same, though. Tacoma, Tacoma, Washington. Whatever happens first, I guess. <laughs> well... Folks, find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast, T-E-K-I-L-L-Y-A. Or on Instagram at Tacos and Tequila. As Sydney likes to tell you every week, slide into our DMs. Please slide into my DMs. <laughs> I've had a couple people slide into the DMs. Yeah, like, shouts out. Same. And I've gotten some really good case suggestions. I think uh, this next one I pick will be a listener suggestion. Yes, I'm also thinking a listener suggestion. 
We've had a few good ones. Yeah, keep them coming, folks. Slide into the DMs, or you can send me an email at tacosandtequilia at gmail.com. I'll check those, too. Yes. And uh, also, just shouts out to Sydney, folks. I want to prop her out. I am so bad on social media sometimes. <laughs> um, one of my friends always sends me stuff on Instagram, and I will look like a week and a half later and have like 10 videos she sent me and messaged me, but <laughs> I'll see them all at once. So I'm trying to be way better. If you message me and slide into my DMs and I don't get back to you for a day or two, I'm sorry. I usually see it and then I get distracted. Uh, but shouts out to Sydney for staying on top of our Instagram. So if y'all have messaged us recently, it was probably Sydney that messaged you back. I need a hobby in life. And if it's just responding <laughs> to random strangers on Instagram, that's fine with me. But we love to see it, folks. Like, we really do. Um, your support has meant the world. So thank you. Yes. So my boyfriend, Ryan, wants to actually say something. I have no idea what he's going to say, so I pray for all of us. Oh, Lord. But he's very adamant that he needs to say <laughs> something. And we might need to cut it out, but... Maybe it... 100% cut this out. <laughs> are we done? No, we're still recording. I know, but are you done done? Yeah, we're done then. We're just staying in our final okay. thoughts. Okay, I'm eating pizza, though, so it's lit. <laughs> the final ending. I'm eating pizza, so it's lit. That'll be the sneak peek of the week. <laughs> okay, we will talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!